Welcome to episode 205 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 205 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How are you going mate? I'm very good, and you? Well, it's an exciting day in the I Am Talk history today, isn't it? It is. We're getting a photo shoot done, aren't we? Photo shoot. And I did notice that Coach John Newsom's had a haircut. That's right. Was it, was it for look, the photo shoot? It looks stylish. Oh, it's, oh, it's going to be fashion. Tell you what's... If you start doing any of your bloody model, looking, I'm, I'm at, looking, looking, tips. looking out of the distance pensively <laughs> thinking, oh, getting those jaw lines right, if you're doing any of that, you'll, no, no, you'll, I, be, you'll be covered in vomit. I think, I think today I'm the coach and I have to coach you how to be a supermodel. It's going to be a beautiful thing. I don't know about this. Oh, we're getting our website done in the next kind of, kind of three or four weeks, aren't we? Yep. And we're getting some beautiful photos done for it, so we're looking forward to that. But before we get onto that, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com Get on there for the world's most amazing smelling and tasting coffee. And athlinks.com. And we've got an email, and I haven't actually read the email, but there's lots of good stuff coming from athlinks. Yeah, some stuff to talk about at the end of the show. Even more good stuff. And this week's show, what we've got happening, we've got, uh, we've, got a bit of, we've got a bit of news, we've got an age group of the week, we've got a high five, we've got a product review, John, we haven't known one of those in a long time. Yes. Hot topic of the week, and also questions and answers. So, news, proudly brought to you by xtry.com. Check out xtry for the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the stars. John. It's the ITU it's season. It's the ITU wrapper. There's no bloody. I, 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 I would have started with some Ironman news, but there really isn't any. Well, there was a seventy point three. Uh, that was that, even you that. Put that was second. Old. No, that that was an old. That was a couple of weeks ago. We didn't mention. Oh, I was okay. so desperate for news. I was going back to, to look for oh, old, okay. old results. So because I did my piece on that one. Uh, anyway, uh, well, I'll just before you get into your wrap up, John, mm-hmm. you'd be proud to know that I actually watched the race, the men's race. It was a good race, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was an amazing race. And you know what was interesting was uh, that was on in the morning. So the, the first was it live on Sky. Yep. So oh. the first two ra- first. So, so why would you buy it? Oh, because you don't have Sky. No, it's not usually live on Sky. Not usually live on Sky. Oh, it's just because it's Australian. And it was good timing. Yeah. So because it was yeah time yeah. zones are right. So it was really interesting for me because uh, yeah in New Zealand the first round of ITU World Championship Series uh, was in Sydney. And then in the evening on Sky was Ironman New Zealand, and the contrast between the two was oh, really? just out of this world. Really? So Ironman kicked butt? Yeah. <laughs> I just went and did the dishes, to be honest. Oh, really? Um, it, was, it, was, it was terribly boring. But anyway, uh, it was... Terribly, uh, just terribly boring. Well, it was kind of, when you know the result also. Yeah. Um, but it just the coverage was just a bit laboured, and um, it was just the same old stories again. Yeah. Um, but anyway... The race in, in Australia was fantastic, especially the men's race. Well, both, both races were good, but they were quite different. Um, the, the, I, I don't know about you, but watching the bike race, you know, we talk a lot about the drafting and how, how it can be a boring race, but there was a lot of action in the men's bike race. I don't know. So to be honest, I actually saw the run. Okay, the run. Yeah. So the bike, a lot of action, a lot of attacks. Didn't quite know what was going to happen, and a couple of good attacks got away, and they got a minute. Got to give big thumbs up to the commentary team over there. They had the Aussie guy who does the Tour de France coverage. Um, he was fantastic. But he worked in team with Barry Shipley, who normally does the ITU coverage. He's got to do it by himself normally, which is a bloody tough job yeah, to do to yeah. commentate by yourself. It's not anyone to feed off. Yeah. No, but those two, it was um, really good, knowledgeable commentary, which is great. And plenty of uh, action on the bike. And then the run, Bevan Doherty came through and brought home. The he seems to just race a really smart race, didn't he? Like he just kind of knew where he was. 
knew the guys in front of him were probably going to blow. He stuck to his plan. Yep. And just everyone else around him cracked, didn't they? Yep. And and the key thing was he had a you know 15 second buffer in that first uh, K, so he could cruise the first K. So do a not cruising, but say do a three. Yeah, he said that in his review, interview, didn't he? Do a three minute K, which of those guys is not is, is is a fairly even split, where all the others had to run 2:45 to catch him up. They would have been crapping themselves when he was out the front. Yep. Um, and then he just ran a good steady race. <clears throat> what was interesting in, in the guys' race, and you would have picked up on this too, was he was going head to head with this bloody dirty Russian dude um, and the dirty old Russians <laughs> eh? dirty Russians <laughs> and uh, and coming into it was I think it was a K maybe a K maybe 1.5K to go that's when Bevan finally managed to drop him and the guy exploded he went from yeah. second yeah. to fourth by the yeah. finish of 1K yeah so that was interesting it, just, it was really interesting eh? because I didn't really like, I'm not as ITU in love with you but um but I didn't really know that nice. the guys around him were, you know, it was amazing that he was able to pull away so easily. Because mm. when he decided to go, they just, he just lost them all. And that's what I find fascinating is the difference between a good day and a big day is pretty sizable on that. Like, guys are finishing a minute and a half behind Bevan uh, just on a 10k run. Like, and that, that's a big difference, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so much variation on whether you're feeling good or crap on So, where was, where was um, Gomez? He was injured. Both Gomez and, and Brownlee. Brownlee are both uh, injured out, um, and and Brownlee I think has got a stress fracture, so he'll be out for a while. So it's, it's exactly exactly how Bevan started the season last year. He won the first race, um, so good on him. The girls' race on the other side was um, a bit Sprint. of a sprint. Yeah, it was on news. It was a bit, a bit of a bore. The, the bike ride really was just a procession. And yeah, it's a real shame not to see some of those girls go for it because they they. So what, what's the difference? Run. Why is it that in the guys' race guys are attacking and the girls' race they aren't? Well, I don't know. Because surely there's some strong cyclists who have to take a risk. In the girls' race, I would say you've got a much better chance of getting away. It's a smaller field, um, and and I don't. The girls are probably not quite as organised as the guys in terms of following breaks. So I was really surprised nobody went away. Yeah. Because um, in the girls' race, they often do stay away, and then it just came down to the run. And and my God, the girl um, Rivera, or so whatever her name was, she just looked sensational. Never heard of her before. Really. Never done anything before fact that it was a that came together on the bike I think she's normally quite a weak swimmer um, oh, okay. helped, helped her a lot but she looked sensational I said to Belinda at 5k she'll, she she'll win sprint. yeah but I, she, she looked so much better than the other girls so um, big race for Andrea yeah yeah she, was, Moffat. For, for come around Moffat I think it'd be really interesting to see if, if those girls have lifted their game a lot or if Moffat's just fading um, a bit she, she, she's been injured and, and quite badly <clears> injured um and so yeah, I'll be really interested to see how the, when the season progresses when Moffat gets her fitness up whether this is just her not being fit enough on the day or whether the other girls have really lifted their game and that's a problem with the circuit at the moment is the courses are different all the time yep. so you can't say well they ran a 35 there or yeah, whatever it's, it's really it's hard to tell if they are actually making big but then numbers. at the same time you want different courses so it mixes it up for the you know yeah. the whole thing so it was, uh, it was a good day what I found interesting is the amount of guys who have been around forever still racing yeah, you know, you, some guy, had yeah, a great race. Yeah, and they were talking about what was it, Whitfield or started in '95. Yeah, yeah, still going. Fifteen yep. years. So he's he's and he's still going strong. Yeah. So there are a lot of young guys coming through, but you know, you look at the top of the Ironman world. You look at the top of the triathlon world. The guys, a lot of the guys that are there have been around for a long, long time. And yeah. the girls. I read this really great book called Talent is Overrated. I should mm-hmm. actually, I'll, give, I'll give it to you. It's brilliant, and uh, that's what they're talking about. It's just that talent is really just bull crap, and it's just practice, basically. Well, to, well to, to, you should listen to this book. I should do, but yeah. I, I would agree with you at the extent that Bevan Doherty and guys like that are not the most talented athletes in the world, but you need 
a pretty big dose of talent, but you don't need to be the most talented to win. Mm. Okay, uh, so we did have a race a few weeks ago in, in kind of the Ironman world, uh, the 70.3 in Oceanside, and uh, we'll do a quick wrap-up of that one, John. Yep, uh, it was great to see uh, Michael Raylert take that out after winning the 70.3 champs last year with just a run split, an amazing run split. 109 he did, but the interesting thing in this race was that he was he was really frustrated because after winning the world champs, everyone was mm. saying he just drafted a whole day and took yep. the run, yep. and being an ITU guy, obviously that's to his advantage, so this race he wanted to smack the bike, and he killed the bike, he beat everyone off the bike by about three minutes, I think. It's a really interesting story, those two Raylert brothers, Michael and Andreas, that they've both, um, <clears throat> especially Andreas, well, no, especially both of them, They've really been okay athletes, and apparently they've shown huge promise in training for, for many, many years. But not pulled it together. But not pulled it together. And all <clears> of a sudden, <throat> last year, um, Andreas Raylert was, was great in Kona and uh, in Germany, and uh, he'd come off... Did he win the 70.3? No, he, he came off some other really good results as well, and maybe that gave the confidence to his brother, and, and, and they've made that big step up and, and brought the talent that they showed in training through racing, which is great. Yeah, yeah, and then... Uh, what else? Do you have some other bits? No, that was about it. Carefree. Uh, Carefree won the girls' race um, pretty convincingly once she gets onto the run. And, she had the sixth fastest run split of the day. Yeah, she's including the runner. Yeah. Yeah. She's Could she get close, close to Chrissy? No, because she's not, not the greatest swimmer. And uh, she's, she's okay on the bike. She's good on the bike. <laughs> but she's all, you know, she's, she's always a bit catching. How much did she beat Chrissy by on the run? Not not that much, I don't think. It's like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. but she's Chrissy's going to have 10, yeah. 10 minutes on her off the bike at least, so if not twenty. So she's if she's not showing, twenty, that's crazy, eh? Yeah, she's you showing know. that she's she's the next best in the world at the moment. Uh, coming up for the next few weeks, we've got a few halves happening, but we can't bother talking about those. Yeah, there's not much <laughs> happening. Uh, the news new event looks like it could be good for the athletes, especially the pros. So there's a race event called the Tri Grand Prix happening. Uh, now I'm thinking it's kind of a UK based race there's two races there's one the reason I, I pulled this up is because I actually listened to your interview yesterday with uh, Kieran Doe and, oh, yep. and he mentioned this in, in the interview so the website's called trygrandprix.com um, it looks like they are built, want to build it up uh, build, the ra- build the series uh, build a bit of a brand obviously yeah. so there's two races one in the UK half, oh, half distance and one in um, Spain and they're both half distance? Uh, yes. And I think by the look of it, they want to expand to five, five races, races yeah. the following year. Yeah. And the big thing, their point of difference that they're really trying to get across is their, seri- well, their, their, their slogan is they're serious about athlete care. Yeah. So you click on that athlete care button. Yeah, you're on it. You're on yeah. it. I've already done my piece. So what, what they're sort of trying to do is, is yeah, differentiate themselves from Ironman where a lot of people probably perceive these races as big money-making ventures and yep. the athlete sometimes doesn't feel like they're getting looked after and things are just a little bit hard. So you know, just little things they're trying to do like having an early breakfast at the race hotel, yep. having all your gear ready as soon as you finish. They're really looking at looking after the professional athletes. Yep. Um, and they're trying to do things where the professional athletes actually you know, connect with the age groupers before yep. the race and that. So there's kind of, a, I, I think they're probably trying to create kind of a community feel around their race yep. where you just don't see Cameron Brown walk around you actually kind of feel you can go up and talk to him and and then you know helping the, the, the pros market themselves so hopefully they can get better sponsors and then they're obviously looking at making um, prize money really attractive for the pros so it's £40,000 prize money for the UK event which is which is a little bit more than an Ironman race and quite a bit more than a 70.3 race so it's yep. about $60,000 US and at all Ironman races uh, it's about 50000 no at a lot of the Ironman races the Pom's head because their dollar's so powerful, you know, that they can actually, you know, you can say what's well, it's only, only going to cost them 40,000 in their own money, but it's more appealing to the overseas athlete. Yep, yeah. so but I think what they will they will also do is they'll they'll 
probably pay appearance fees, look at really look after those pro athletes. And it sounds like that, that the WTC are moving away from that to, to some degree, especially for some, yeah. of, some of those second tier guys. Did you listen to Kieran? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see how they go. If you're interested in doing a half Ironman, check them out. There's one in the Basque country in Spain. There's one in the UK. And Nico Lanos is one of their spokesmen. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they progress. There's also the RevX um, and and Challenge. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these... And, and those three series are all really trying to look after the athletes. Challenge do a great job looking after the athletes. These guys are trying to look after the athletes. So it's interesting that's how the, that's how the competition sees Ironman's weakness. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you know, obviously when you're trying to be competition, you're trying to think, well... You know what are they doing well? You know we obviously need to be up to their standard, and then what can we improve on what they're doing, and how can we you know differentiate ourselves from them? And obviously this is what they're doing, isn't it? And what Ironman do well is they have they run really good races, um, big fields, a yep. lot of buzz around it, um, and a lot of history around it. And, 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 and they're well organised. Yeah, yeah they're well organised. Yep. The brand. They've it's done the brand's before. the key, isn't it? Um, but are people going to start? Yeah, you know, want to try some different things? Do you got to do, you, do your feet do the talking? Oh, I wonder what what, do you, what kind of numbers do you need to make these kind of races. You know, you probably need at least 800 people, don't you? I would I would have thought so. It just depends on what sort of sponsorship you've got behind you. Yeah, you know? I think that's, that's a critical critical thing. Mm. But um, especially you, Pommy guys, let us know how these races go because I think it's coming up in May. Is it? I think. Uh, no, 12th of June, and there's one in the 30th of May. Is the one in the UK. Okay, yep. and the one in front, uh, Spain is 12th June. Please let us know how the event goes and, and what sort of exposure it gets. Uh, but you're really interested to hear. Yeah, it's good to support these things. Okay, what's next up in the news? We've got the Big Woody is back, John. Uh, <laughs> I was going to do a joke then, but I stopped. You stopped. Okay, <laughs> we've got a joke at the end of the show for you to do. Oh, I think this would have been better. <laughs> okay, Big Woody is back. <laughs> I just we, don't want to do a joke, but I'm There was no Woody it. last year. No um, Woody. It's back this year. This was an, it's an iron distance race, I understand, in the UK, and just mention that it's, it's back this year so if you're looking for one to do get on back. It. it's a beautiful thing there's a bit of a correction in the history lesson John you didn't do your P's that well did you well I tried to do my P's but um, who was it Rich Coleman sent me through all the information on the first iron tool there's like a flipping nine page article. I bet you wish you'd had that beforehand I do I, well, I do. I haven't, haven't read it yet but the first iron tool was in 1994 okay. not 1995 and that was how Melina sent us through the information so Lessing won and Melina did finish 8th place I think in that nice. um, so it was all good in the hood Okay, nice, but we still need some more recipes coming through from the cookbook, but they're coming through, and we're loving yeah, that you yeah. guys are doing that. So if you're through. thinking in your mind you need to do it, get on the website, grab the link, and uh, download it, and then fill it in, send it through, and hopefully late this year we'll have a cookbook. I think we'll be, I'll be targeting towards the end of the year. Also, uh, Camp Kaha, what's happening here, John? Well, the numbers are starting to get up to the level we, we need. Oh, um, great. So Wait a second, what was it? Camp Kaha 23? Something like that. Yeah, what was it in 23? I don't know. It was right. part of the second one of, I don't know. You yeah. came up with it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, it sounds like we've been doing it forever too. So, yeah, <laughs> so if you're keen to come along, um, we'll find out more details. Email us uh, imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. I'll flick you through the details. But I should have some more detailed plans uh, in the next uh, week or so. You need to talk to me because I might be away. Okay. So we need to set dates because I do travel a lot. Okay. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, well, I, I need yeah. to be there you know what I mean yeah, I think so you know, like, I can't do games night by myself you can't do games night you and know? if you're in Christchurch or you're in the South Island area you want to do some kick ass races this oh, winter oh, he's even got Andy Warhol I love it you've got uh, the 2010 JD Duathlon series I am a little bit disappointed in your website but John why? you know why well, you you always give me a hard time if I don't plug your sponsors. Yeah. And then John's like, if I don't have Mizuno shoes, if I don't have an Avanti yeah. bike, John always gives me a hard time. You go to his website, what bike's that, John? 
specialised. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Come on. Come on. What shoes are those, John? They're not Mizuno's. They are. They're you beat me up if I did that. You'd be, you'd, I'd be getting the angry email. <laughs> the no hello email. Anyway, it's coming. I don't do a lot of hello emails. No, you don't. No. Anyway, if you're keen to do some duathlon races over winter, they're going to be cool. They're on, the, on a racetrack, car racetrack in Christchurch, June, July, and August. JDEvents.co.nz. Oh, I check out JD. JD, it's like, it's like what was it? TV program? It was Dallas? What was, what was it? Was it JD? No, you lost me. 80s. I'm, I'm trying to help you out, but you've lost no, me. No, I've lost you. I lost you when I said TV. That's okay, um, discussion of the week. Now, last week I actually forgot to put it up. Oh, no, I went there to do my P's yesterday and I was like, But you're loving it. <laughs> there was no hello email. It was, yeah, I don't have to do that. <laughs> no. So, this week's discussion is sent through from, now, how do we say this name? But Does it, it tell us how to tell us his name? No. Okay, I'm going to try. Oh, no, I've got it. G. What? Giancarlo Giancarlo that's a great name don't know his surname Niz Blatt Nizblatt 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 is it three syllables or two Giancarlo we got that right and he's from Alice Texas oh that's a great name I, I wish it weird names like that imagine if you were why don't we we could set up our own I am talk names yeah we need to make up our own nicknames okay well, he's got a discussion he's basically um, saying for race directors should there be like a unique setup or, or kind of basically things that race Directors should take from other race directors to adapt to their races to make them amazing. So, what are the good things race directors are doing that all other race directors should be doing? Details or unique setups at a race that other directors directors should adopt. And he's got some examples. For example, in Oceanside, California, seventy point three, they had multiple air compression stations staffed with bike mechanics and transitions rather than floor pumps. That's nice. Yep. Do that at right as well. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yep. Uh, covered transitions for the ITU style bike racks. ITU style good. bike racks are good. They're, they're basically, what they mean there is um, you're not hooking your bike up onto a, a rack as such. They've sort of got the uh, wheel you slots. Just right, your wheel slots. Yeah, nice. And how's it, um, Pucon? Is that, is that oh, we get that wrong every time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know like, if it's Pucon or Puson. Puson, I think it's Puson. I don't know if it is. Or Puteng. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tables overflowing with fruit uh, sitting on ice. Oh, that's nice. Iron Star high, half eye distance. Fruit doesn't do it for me in races. Oh, you know what? In road they have the fruit. Yeah, and it, finish, maybe. No, no, but it was nice to grab some, some watermelon. Like, I knew I was getting no tr- nutritional benefit yeah, from it, yeah. but it was just nice to put something in my mouth that was just fresh and good so I, did, I have to admit I did like that cold beer served there from Kegs at the finish at the Kansas 70.3 and they do that at Roach as well don't they they do mm. that cold free beer <laughs> yeah that's true you get people wandering around like they're drunk and you know, lose yeah. it there's no alcohol in there there's no alcohol so uh, it's this week's discussion so next week we'll, we'll have to talk about that then right here we go here's some music Age group of the week. Oh, good old, good old. Annette Lee. Annette Lee. Friend Annette. I guess it's Ellen Lee. It must be her husband's partner. It is. Okay, uh, good old Annette Lee, my good mate. Good mate, Annette. Yep. We were tight. Yeah, just like. We are actually pretty tight nowadays. Yeah. There was a bit of tension early on in our relationship, <laughs> but we solved our problems. We had a hug, and now we're good mates. And she'd like to nominate her good friend, Pam Morris, for Age Group of the Week. Pam is about as modest an athlete you'll ever find, and is the, well, we have to say, an epidome of good sportsmanship. Uh, Pam's no stranger to success, having won many age group races in multi sport and running, but three years ago she turned her, her attention to triathlon, only there was a problem she couldn't swim. 
I think what makes Pam's success all the more inspiring is the fact that when she ran or rode her bike, she was very good, but in the water, she sucked. <laughs> she sucked the big one. Uh, she was always at the back of the pack, always last out of the water, and occasionally had panic attacks, but she never, ever gave up. Her Ironman New Zealand race this year was her second attempt after a pretty slow race in 2008 where the swim left her exhausted. The bike added to the exhaustion, and she was left walking the marathon, something very humbling for a woman who was one... Uh, the first US, US woman to trial for the first Olympic marathon. Wow, oh, so she was a handy runner. Pretty, pretty handy runner. Uh, and I'm in New Zealand in 2010. Pam knocked it off over two and a half hours on her. Or knocked off over two and a half hours on her time from 2008. Not only giving her second place, but getting her a Kona slot. And in customary Pam style, she just smiled and said, "It was a bit of a surprise to get a Kona slot." And then very quietly whispered. And the swim was the easiest part of the race. That's why Pam should be the age group of the week. Nice. It is a big thing. It must suck for that kind of athlete. Hey? When you think about, you know, you've trialled for the US Olympic you know, marathon team. So yeah. to be a high-level athlete, and, you know, cycling is pretty easy to pick up. To mm. so have two areas where you kind of, you know, you know you can kick ass, and then just to totally suck at swimming. And people really suck at swimming. Lots of people kind of suck at running, and they're not that fast, and they kind of suck at biking, but... Swimming sometimes it's just ugly, isn't it? People and you just go, yeah, Shit. yeah, it's an ugly, yes. Yeah. But the just, thing in her situation, it's even worse because you know, most people who come to the sport aren't necessarily athletes, or a lot of people aren't, and yeah. so you know, they don't know that high level. And mm-hmm. so, you know, every step of growth is a, is a wicked achievement for mm-hmm. them. Whereas, if you've actually been a real high level athlete and then get in the water and be last out of the water all the time, very frustrating, yeah. And, and, Training harder doesn't necessarily correlate to going faster. No, it's something, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just takes time in the water to learn your yeah. technique, eh? Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, and that's the thing, you're probably quite mentally tough, mm. but it's not actually going to give you the gains you need. So, excellent um, effort. Yeah. Qualifying for Kona. Yeah. Two and a half hours off your time, which we love. Which is very impressive. And uh, go down in the record Obviously, found swim well. Swim well. Good. It was so. nice. It was a nice look. On the TV coverage, it did look like a nice day to be swimming in that lake. Did it? Nice and calm. And what stories did they tell? Did they do like the Ironman? They did. They did. They did quite a few stories. They had a guy there that didn't miss a swim cutoff. I was in the kitchen doing dishes at that stage, but he was trying to do. <laughs> you the gave swim. up by the swim. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he was he was in the swim for an awful long time, um, but he was swimming one arm. I don't know. He must have had some oh, disability. Really? He couldn't swim, and he was not moving very fast. So I was like, "There's no way he's going to make the swim cut off." And he didn't. Um, and he and he didn't. But they also but what was interesting. They also were just profiling some um, just general age groupers who were maybe trying to qu- sort of qualify for Kona in that sort of region. So there was nothing. Yeah. No, no disability. No no soft just story about it. Yeah. Just some. Was that interesting? It was it was it was a nice different angle to have. Um, I'm always curious. Like I like you know, <clears throat> the thing I find that your your opinion's good, but it, I it, I kind of discount it because you just care <laughs> about the athlete. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and so I always wonder um, what your general public Joe thinks. Public of, thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm. sure, watching I two, anyone was going to like that. I said, that, mm. especially us Kiwis, because we had a pretty good day. Um, it was it was an interesting dynamic race, but you know, the Ironman. It's not really ever going to be as good as I, ITU no. as a race. You know, maybe Kona because it's a little bit tighter. But even then, it's pretty most of the times in Kona by the last 10K, you know who's the winner is going to be. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, I'm more interested in see, you know, like people sitting at home on Sunday night who's flicking through the channels, what have they found it really good? And that's what the, the kind of the issue I have is it's, it's it always seems to, be, seems to be the same. And so that's the thing that I guess they're trying to catch that first timers audience to, to a yeah. large degree. Because um, they're only going to see it once a year, aren't they? Yeah. So. And the other thing they had on the Ironman New Zealand coverage was a guy, Dave Ockwitz or something, something like that. And he was one of the Kona originals and he's now going around. Yeah, yeah doing I think Pete Tinholt. 
Yeah, yeah, he's trying to. Yeah, we should we should hook up an interview with him. Yeah, mm. so he's going around doing the whole uh, whole circuit. Okay, love your work. One, two, three, four. Oh, wait a second. Annette, Pam Morris. Pam Morris. You're gonna yeah. give it to Annette, were you? I was gonna say Annette Lee sent it in. Pam Morris, you are our age group of the week. week. One, two, three, four. High five. The karate chop again. I wasn't quite sure whether I should do this or not, but I was sitting there thinking, oh, I need to do a high five. And for some reason, over the last couple of months, we had quite a few requests of people asking what episode was peeing on the bike. And have we done it twice already? I think we have, John. So it's a third time. <laughs> sure, okay. uh, well, you, you can veto. I'm happy for you to veto at this point if you want to move on. I'm just trying to think, can we, can we wing another high five off the, off the top of our heads? No. I know. Five things we can learn from ITU for Iron Man. Okay. Off the top of our heads. Okay. Oh, okay. see, listen to that. Oh. See? Because being on the bike, we've done it twice. You know, yeah. it was funny the first time because it was a shock factor. Yeah. You know, we all talk about peeing now. Yeah. We even talked about pooing, John. I'm just trying to think of some, some, some good points Okay, here. here we go. You you go first. Having a really professional team of commentators on the Oh, the wait, we're about, we're just talking about coverage now. Just ITU in general. Just ITU in general. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so why is that important, John? Well, having knowledgeable commentators, because they... They seemed to, to cater for people that didn't know a lot about it. They, so they were explaining the series and how it worked. And then they are also picking up a lot of the technique things. Like there was a couple of people in the girls' and the guys' race who were pushing really big gears. And the guy, the guy, the commentator is saying, this person is making a mistake. They, they shouldn't be pushing that bigger gear. Yep. Um, it's going to hurt them later on. Or when they attacked, he said, there's no point just sitting on the front and just pulling everybody along. If this guy wants to go, he should go now and, and, yep. and ride off the front. So having really knowledgeable commentators I thought was fantastic. It is really interesting. Like you, you watch sport in general and a good commentator just makes such a difference to your, your consumption of sport mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> the example I think of is in, in Australian Rugby League they have a team of the top commentators and when they're together the, the, the best commentators just about in sport I think you know yeah. you, know, like you watch the rugby commentators yeah. and they try and they're just not that good but the, the league guys you feel you're getting, you know, and there's, you know, I've watched league my whole life, so I kind of feel I know the sport, but yeah. they just show you the next level, yeah. but they, they do it in a way that's not elitist, it's not, hey, I'm great, and you guys, you know, you should feel special to be listening to me, it's kind of like, they're teaching me about the sport, they're, they're showing, they're admiring what's happening mm. in front of them as well, and there's something about a good commentator that really adds to sport, eh? But I think Aussies in general have a lot of good commentators. They do, don't they? a lot of sports. John McEnroe, have you watched him do tennis? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, McEnroe on tennis yeah. as well has that, you know, like, they, they respect what they're seeing, but they also educate you as a listener or as a viewer to mm. do that okay my second number two yeah bring back the full tri-suit bring the I two U boys you know what they're not worried about their package are they they just <laughs> they just got it out there yeah. and it's all to see if you know if your girl's picking a partner and you care about that stuff <laughs> you can look along the line and pick it straight away um, Did you, you would have done the old full tri-suit never ever owned a full really? tri-suit never worn one really no Really? No, I, I thought they were fascinating. We were speedos. Oh, you were speedo um, time. Speedos and singlet time. And now... You must have just missed it, but... Yeah, they were just coming in. But the thing when they were just coming in is they were pretty crappy. Uh-huh. And so they were quite baggy and they weren't... You know, yeah, weren't so really they kind of fall off material stuff. wasn't great. Um, and I didn't do a lot of non-wetsuit races, so... Um, see, so, so you know what I love? Porto's got one. Has he? Yeah, he's got the, the 2XU one. And you, look, you look like a plonker if you go into races in speedos and singlet now. So I just wear, I wear the were you shorts. Were you adverse to the tri-suit? You know, oh, everybody were you was. old school? You're like, I'm sticking to my speedos. Yeah, everybody, because you look like a dick. And that, <laughs> and because you're the old one out. It's always the old one out that looks like the dick. But then it's, it's, it's that old one out looks like a dick, but then if they become the champ, they set the trend. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So now would you go back to speedos and try... Because they're, they're like a girl's top, weren't they? 
yeah, 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 yeah. No, I wouldn't. But um, they were pretty good, good times. What I love about that because I know within group fitness we used to wear tight shorts, like you yeah. know, um, cycle shorts for teaching and aerobics. And at the time, you think you're cool, don't you? Yeah. That's the thing. You but put those not. speedos on, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm hot right now. No, but you're not. <laughs> okay, John. Number three. Number three. Cool bike racks. Oh, nice. What is it? The slot. The slot. We'll call it the money slot. Money slot. You put yeah. it in. <laughs> they could just go yeah. wrong. The money. Okay. Number four for a high five for I, what ITU could teach Iron Man. Um, um, small aero bars for drafting. Yeah, no, they suck. <laughs> small aero bars. They're kind of pointless, aren't they? They're kind of pointless. Come on, John, you're the ITU guy. Um, often, well, not often, but they, they seem to try to have good course design where they can. Okay. So they try where they can to have some hills and make it make it challenging and um, to break things up. Sometimes it's not possible, um, but they seem to, when they can, try to have good, really good course design. One thing I was surprised with was um, the lack of spectators at the race on Saturday. It's because it was so bloody early in the morning. Oh, was it? It was 7 o'clock in the morning for the guys' race and yeah. 9 o'clock in the morning for the girls' race. That's why there were so few spectators. Is it just because it, it must have been traffic management? But it was it was really quiet, eh? Like, you kind yeah. of hope in somewhere like Sydney, which, you know, triathlons, yeah. it's got to, you know, you think you have some kind yeah. of market. But 7 o'clock in the morning, it means you've got to get up at like 6 or something like that to get down there to yeah. watch a triathlon. Yeah. yeah. I think there was two reasons. I think one was... Uh, traffic management issues they didn't have that as well prepared like most of the other races are middle of the day um, yeah. at all the other cities but I think they just first time they've had the race in Sydney they had some issues and secondly I'm not sure whether what it's part of the issue might have been they were trying to package it for the, the European market the title sponsor is Dextro Energy which is a, ge- a German okay, so, company yep, trying to get it. 7 o'clock Sunday morning Australian time would have been prime time um, Saturday evening in, in Europe was it the exact same course as the Sydney no oh was it different it was, was it, uh, it was different Okay. It was quite different. Okay. Yeah, because on, on the run in Sydney, they ran around Macquarie's chair and, and on the waterfront there. So okay. it was quite different. Um, Number just five, to think we just need any, one more, John. Just trying to think of anything else that they had that was good. One thing that is good is they penalise people. They're pretty strict in terms of penalising people if they don't... If they, uh, so the guy on the run who got the 15-second penalty, what had he done? Well, I would imagine that would have been for something like uh, maybe taking his helmet off too early oh, or, or his okay. bike falling off and not going back and re-racking his bike. can't have been anything too serious because you would have got disqualified, so I'm, I'm thinking it would be something like that. But they, they ping people if you cut the boys now because in the past people have tried to What about to the runner the who was cutting the corners? Well, I think yeah, I think he was I think he was okay with that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think he was okay with that. But if you cut the course on the swim, you're screwed because they'll hold you for like ten seconds in transition. That's often the difference between yeah, uh, good race and bad race. And so they're strict number five. They're strict on the the athlete. Mm. Um, and probably one other thing I would say that they're, they're, they're good at is um, obviously it's all pros and they're just dealing with pros, but yep. they're, they're also very strict with the pros in terms of if you're entered in the race. Um, you can't really pull out or if you've got to pull out you've got to have like a medical certificate and if you do pull out your national federation gets penalised for that yep. so, so you're it's accountable a, you're accountable and that means that they can use you and all their marketing and I think that's something WTC could learn and say right coming to do this race lock you in early and that's what you're going to do yep. um, and then you can use all those people for the marketing which I think what's going to really stumble uh, WTC is going to struggle with is because it's everybody pays the entry free they're just going to go and enter races and they'll think oh I'm not in good form I'll go and do this one yeah. two weeks later and they'll lose all their sort of um, marketing appeal but I wonder that's an interesting thing with the WTC like we kind of get the feeling WTC don't really care about the pro and maybe local race organisers will mm. but you know what I mean like most race organisers probably only get the top guy and girl to do their PR for them anyway mm. so do they really even care 
That's a good point. Yeah. I was just looking at Challenge Road have announced um, a lot of their profile for this year. Chris, oh. Chrissy Wellington's going back. Oh, good stuff. So that'll be interesting to see if she can uh, set a new world best time there. And the guys feel strong there. Norman Sadler's signed up again. Oh, wow. Um, so it'll be interesting. Oh, good times. Okay, uh, let's put some music on, John. That was a pretty good off-the-cuff. Impro. Nice. And, and you know what one other thing they could teach us? They don't pee on the bike, I don't think. No, they don't. I doubt that they pee on the bike. You know, two hours, no. go to the toilet beforehand. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Pee on this one. Yeah, you're good. Keep yep. you warm. Yep. <laughs> Make sure it doesn't come up. Yeah. Right, anyway, it's some music. <laughs> Website of the week. It should almost be IamTalk.me, John. Well, not this week, but no, if we just had it, we see the great thing about the show is you guys just don't know what we're doing in between mm. times. And John and I have actually just had an interview with um, Michelle, and she's got a hot American accent. <laughs> we were liking that, and she also looks pretty hot as well. So we we're liking that as well. But they're designing a new website, and it's exciting times, isn't it, John? It's exciting times. Yep. We're, we're geeking photo, out, weren't we? Photo shot, photo oh, shoot today, you, website mate. tomorrow. It's high life for us, isn't it, John? It's a high life for us. But more importantly, this week's website. So who's sent through it? It's sent through by Lavana. Lavina. Lavina. Okay. And uh, Coco Lavina. I love it when people actually send through how to say their names. Uh-huh. We're getting it quite a bit nowadays too, <laughs> which is good. Anyway, uh, what what is the website? It's www.cyclingtipsblog.com. Oh, no, I pulled it up earlier, so let's have a look. It's got so, a cool logo. Cool, bloody cool logo, actually, Like the Camping Nolo uh, logo, he's kind of worked it off there. Yeah. And he's a, an Aussie guy, and basically a blog page with some YouTube links. Uh, and But one of the key things, if you go and you scroll up to the top there, Bevan. Oh, look, that's New Zealand. I know. Now, this is the thing on the... This is a road in New Zealand. I was trying to guess where it was. It looks a little bit like Porter's Pass. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. South Island. Yeah. Is Maybe it's going around by Tikapo. No, I don't think so. You no, know, because you've got those rolling bits around Tikapo. Yeah, you don't have the hills right there. Uh, maybe not. Anyway, um, if you go to the top of the page, Bevan, it's, uh, there's a button up there that says Top Posts. Top Posts. There you go, John. And if you click on there... There we yep. go. And then, oh, it, then nice. he's got a, everything sort of archived in there. And it's got some really good tips on there. Um, so he's got road racing and criterion strategy We're going to steal that for our website. Because we're going to top post before our interviews with the stars. Nice. See? It's, it's, it's innovation, John. That's what we're doing. Write it down, Bevan. Okay, top I'll, post. I'll tell you, just so you know what Bevan's doing, he's got a pen and a piece of paper and he's writing it down now. <laughs> anyway, um, it's, so it's a, it's a cycling website, but so not, not triathlon-specific tips, but bike racing tips. So now they're good. Let's have a look. Well, he's got the key. One I looked at was com, common sprinting mistakes. Oh, which is, you know what? It's something for us triathletes to read. Because when yeah. I used to do cycle racing, when I was, you know, cycle fit, I could, I could finish with the top guys in town, mm-hmm. but I'd just get blown in the sprint all yep. the time because I was an idiot. So he's got some, some good things on there like shifting into your big gear too early. Um, and, and he's also got quite a few articles up there by reputable sources, you yep. know, Olympic so cyclists, etc. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. He's got a co- some pretty cool uh, bike tops. I wish I had bike yeah. tops like that cool. Why don't I get a new bike tops to look like oh, that? You've got to uh, come up with a bit of design. There you go, there's a new design, John. That's right. <laughs> it's got one, a t-shirt there, shut up legs. I yeah. like that. Yeah. But anyway, it's just got a whole bunch of tips on there. It's also got some um, some cool video footage on there, just some YouTube clips. This week he put up there um, a little promo for the... the um, Parry Road Bay, which is on at the weekend, um, and it's got a little little 
Google Maps sort of clip sort of going over the cobblestones so you can actually see what it's like. Perry Bay was on Sunday, I think. And, and uh, Rolston Can- as well. Yeah, Cancellara won, but Ro- uh, Hayden Rolston, Kiwi, got 10th. That is very impressive. That is, is it really? That is one of the biggest bike races in the world. Really? Uh, most prestigious. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very difficult. If you haven't seen it before, check out the, the, some Perry Bay. I have seen it, and, and the roads they ride on are ridiculous. Brutal. It's just ridiculous. Why would you play a race on those roads? It would be like playing rugby. <laughs> Five games of rugby back-to-back sort of thing. The yeah, on concrete. Yeah. Do. So, cool website, some cool posts, and some bike-specific tips for you guys who are maybe going into off-season for the Kiwis, Aussies, and Southern Hemisphere athletes. So I was thinking last week, John. I oh, know, Bevan's been thinking. I yeah. know. <laughs> oh, no. Suckingtipsblog.com. Check it out. If you were to be starting triathlon again, mm-hmm. and you knew that in two years from now you're going to be retiring, so two years from now, you could commit a whole lot of time to training. Mm-hmm. You know, you could spend 20, 30 hours a week training. Yeah. But before that two-year period, you only really had five hours a week to train. Yeah. What would you spend your time doing? Am I talking Ironman racing? Or just just triathlon. Uh, I think you can make much bigger, quicker improvements doing Ironman training. So two years is not long enough to become a good ITU athlete. So I would say I would be swimming regularly, short-distance swimming. So I'd probably be swimming... Six times a week. So five hours training. Oh, is that pro- no, you're talking no, so no, no, you, Two years from now, you're going to retire. And you've only got five hours a week to train now. Ah. You get what I mean? So in two years, you're going to be the athlete. You're going to have that dream. But you've got, you've got to get through two years to get to that point. Yeah. What would be the one thing you'd focus most on with this five hours a week? Running. Running. I'd run... Um, oh, really? I'd probably run five hours a week. Really? Yeah, I would think. Maybe... Depends if I see what my swimming ability was like. Wouldn't worry about biking. I just run five hours a week. So why running over swimming? I thought swimming would be the answer. Most efficient use of your time. Okay. So Um, it's about fitness. Yeah. Okay. If you're a terrible swimmer, maybe I'd divide it up a little bit, but I'd probably try to get nice and efficient. So you wouldn't worry about swim technique? If I was going to swim, that's what I'd do. You know, maybe maybe I'd do four hours of running and three 20-minute technique or three 20-minute technique sessions. That'd be about it. What would you do, Bevan? I just thought, because I was just thinking, you know, the person who's done no triathlon before and would go into it, I thought mainly they'd be doing their swimming technique. You spend a couple of years getting a technique because running and that, you know, fitness, if you've got free time in two years from now, your mm. fitness is going to come. And the one thing that's going to hold you back is your skills and your swimming. So I thought maybe skill work. Yeah. yeah. Probably got a fairly valid point that's there. Yeah. Kind of depends what your background is. Yeah, true. Anyway, those are my random questions. That's the website of the week, uh, cyclingtipsblog.com. Oh, we're going to put some music on for this one. We haven't done this one. Let's do some theatrical music, John. Here we go. Product Review Centre. Review's hard to do, isn't it? It is a big word. Big word for us. Big word. Okay, well, we actually got sent through this DVD a while ago. Yep. And uh, it's called Bicycle Dreams. Bicycle Dreams, a film by Stephen Arkbrook. (laughs) <laughs> Did you get that name right? I'm not sure, it was quite small. Uh, and basically, you want to give you want to give the wrap up, John. Anyway, it's a DVD. Uh, it's won quite a few awards, sporting awards, and, and and sort of small movie awards. And it's about the race bike race across America. Uh, I'm not sure what year it was in. It was a couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah, no, it was about it was, it was about ninety, about two thousand and four or five. It was right. a while ago. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, it was, it's basically a, a documentary. How long would it be? I don't know. Oh, ninety minutes. Ninety minutes mm-hmm. or so on the on the, the race across America. Very extreme event. 
Uh, I think it's about 3,000 miles. Uh, and it's a, the thing is, it's got very difficult cutoff times. You, you've got to be pretty good to make the cutoff times. Yeah, you times. can't just turn up and do it over six it's, weeks. It's, it's not know? like Ironman where you've got you know, 17 hours to do the day. You've got to be making pretty good progress every day. Yep. And you've got to, and, and there's a, a tough cutoff. So interesting. Now, middle, now, John's done good peas here. John's actually sat down and thought about and written down stuff. I opened up this email this morning, realized what we because I only really do prep for half an hour before the show. <laughs> And, that and, doesn't show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I think we have a difference in opinions. So let's have a go. I had high, high, high hopes for the movie. Okay. So, what, so what? If ultimately, what would it have delivered for you? Well, that's sort of what I sort of go into the not so good oh, okay. some of the, the things. But, but, but when you had high hopes, what were you thinking you would get? Um, I'd really get to see the race unfold a lot in terms of seeing splits and, and, and seeing some beautiful scenery and I guess I'm kind of looking at it from the perspective of what I'm hoping we're going to get out of our epic camp one yep. so seeing some wicked scenery seeing average speeds how they're going each day um, what they've actually got to do to get through on a day-by-day basis um, and not too dramatic and that was one of my criticisms of this though. I think they for me they tried to make it too dramatic okay so uh, how many days was it Oh, I, I think when 12, did about, he did nine, I think. When I did it in sort of eight or nine days, um, and that's what they basically do is go through day by day um, sort of a, a, a rough outline of, of what happened, just covering a few athletes. And, um, yeah, they covered about five or six, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So the, the good points that I thought about it was um, it, it went into detail an event that I didn't know a lot about. I knew the race existed. Yeah, and, and to be honest, let's think about the general population. 99% of the people out there aren't going to know it. Like us triathletes yeah. know about it just yeah. because it's, we're kind of extreme, but most people have no idea. Yeah, and you don't, we didn't, didn't really know where it went. Um, yeah. Didn't really know what the deal was with cutoffs and stuff, how long you had to it. So that was really cool as an educational um, point of view. Um, I thought it was... Uh, and I've got my good points here and my, my not-so-good points. Um, it was a, a very impressive... And an extreme endurance test. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, like Ironman is, is, is a oh, tough one. We're event. tough, but that's just another level, but isn't it? it? And it's a different level. There's so much of it is, is mental, and um, and this is what you also get when you watch. Like, and the, the thing is, like the guy who won, I can't remember his, his speeds or something, but the guy's pretty impressive. They go pretty quick, and they don't sleep. No. You know, like you you get a couple of hours sleep here or there, and they just maintain that. And it's not a flat terrain either. If you look at the average yeah. speed and you think of what they've gone over, yeah. Like it's so it's a lot like obviously when you do the, the big endurance um, round New York Map Park bloody 5,000 yeah. times. I yeah. think it's very, very similar to that. Um, I think the other thing it showed in a lot of detail, which was kind of good, was how critical the support crew were. Yeah. Um, and you, if you didn't have an experienced support crew, you, you were kind of screwed. And the support crew really got some of the guys that they focused on to actually get through the race. And they, yeah. they were big time motivators. They yeah. weren't just there handing food out and going, you're going great. They really had that, to get inside their the, heads. important, eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think for anybody who's ever considered perhaps doing this type of event or this event in particular, it's a big reality check on how hard it is. Yeah. You know, it is, it is not to be taken lightly and it's very, very difficult and a big investment of money to do it. So if you're going to do it, you want to be prepared properly. Yep. Any other good points you had? Well, no, I think you do yours and then I'll do mine. Okay. Yep. Um, so things that I thought were not so good. It did only focus on a few athletes, and I know they probably only do that because it's logistically, it's just yeah. logistically difficult. It would have been nice to know some other stats in terms of how many people started, yep. um, and maybe just some random shots of, of other people. It was it was just really just focused on a few, which was a little bit difficult. Um, and I kind of found that it, it didn't show a lot of the positive points during the the, the, the the documentary. It mainly focused on 
how difficult it was and how people were cracking all the time um, and, and, and it didn't really show they were having a, a good time much of the time I thought which was um, you know like Ironman's really tough in the, in the last half of the marathon a lot of the rest of the day you know it's doing some cool things having a bit of fun yeah. um, so I thought that could have, could have been um, probably documented because I'm sure there were some wicked things some, that, that, that would have happened out there uh, as I said earlier I would have liked to see a few more stats you know exactly right day one covered this distance yep. um, this was a lead maybe have a bit of a leaderboard and so you can see exactly what what other people are doing how much um, one thing they didn't really show was how much terrain they were gaining each day because they've, they've got to go over the Rockies at, at some point I'm pretty sure so you know when they're going through these hilly stages how much they slowed down maybe how how, how quite fast they were caning some of the descents and so on and the other thing I mentioned, it was just a bit too dramatic for me. Every day was trying to be full on, boom, 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 to try to keep you in, in, in the zone. That just didn't work for me, but I can completely see how it would work for other people. Yeah. So I had high expectations that didn't quite meet those expectations, so I'm giving it a 3 out of 5. Nice. Possibly verging on 3.5 out 3. of 5. 3.5 out of 5, okay. Mm. So recommend, but wouldn't run to the movies to see it. Yeah, good good watch. But said the afternoon. Yeah. Okay, so I actually really liked it. I, was, I, was, I liked it because for me... Um, where you didn't like the drama, I actually really like the drama. Not so much mm. the drama. I like the, the the test of human character that it was showing. Mm. You know, it was it really dug into these people's um, kind of persona and, and what they were as people, and and trying to figure out what drove them and why they were doing this, and you know how they got through the tough times. And you know, some people cracked, and it, and there was some drama in it that we won't talk about it because it ruined it for you. But yeah. there was some drama that was pretty extreme, and and. The thing is, that stuff actually happens in the races. So for me, that was really good. I kind of agree with you that they probably could have showed a bit more of the positive aspect. It was all kind of, it, this is really hard, and there's some really hard things around this. And there, there obviously is some good that comes along. You know, there is mm. good times in training. And so I do agree that you've got a good point there, that it could be a bit more, they could have showed a bit more of the lighter side of it as well. They did do the very much the Iron Man thing of, you know, getting people to come in and say how amazing these people are, and I, mm. and that definitely helps sell the whole concept a bit more. Um, I, I do like your idea of the stats. You did kind of feel where are they in the race? Yeah, it was like doing a map or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was just never really clear. And like day, day six or how far do we have to go? It was never as a if you're thinking of watching it as a race, you never really knew where they were at within the race. Well, you mm. kind of did, but it was I wanted to know all the time. Okay, and. Mm. It's not really a race, basically. You kind of get one guy who's, you know, it's kind of like Iron Man, you know, like it's yeah. not, it's not where you. It's an endurance test. Yeah, and they, and they showed, you know, tried to create some kind of rivalry, but it was pretty clear pretty early on that mm. what was going to happen in the race. So uh, I think they probably did the best they could do with that. Um, and for me, yeah, overall, I, Joe and I watched the give a shit, we liked it. I thought, for me, I, I was quite inspired by it. I, I love when people were trying to test their character to the max and it was really interesting the guy who won it they you know he was it was interesting watching how as a person he had really identified this is how he was going to get ahead in life but he had one real strength of an athlete but really other weaknesses that weren't helping him get ahead mm. and I thought they showed that really well so for me I liked it because it just really showed a human character but I do agree with some of the points you had I'd probably give it a 4 out of 5 or, I would have yeah. seen some more scenery as well that's where I think they could have done maybe rather they did a lot of interviews face to face interviews they maybe could have done more voiceovers I would yep. thought and, and show because there must have been some wicked scenery that they would have gone over yeah anyway. true yep, so worth a watch yep worth a watch and if uh, you want to check that out it's uh, bicycledreamsmovie.com we've got a link to that on www.italk.com.me this week and uh, let's go questions and answers it's just a YouTube clip everyone can put up there what is it? 
I oh, I actually watched it. it it's, it's great. Idi Azad. So Idi Azad um, is a comedian who I'm sure a lot of you guys will know. Uh, quite a famous comedian from the UK. He's the transvestite comedian. Mm-hmm. He, do you know of him? No. Oh, don't you? Okay. I've heard the name, but I don't. You probably know his face. He's quite yeah. famous. And he's done a bit of TV and movie work recently. So he's kind of pretty famous. Um, he, he ran the length of uh, UK. Well, this, this is what this is about. Oh. So 50 marathons in 50 days. Yeah. But the thing is... It pretty much done no running going into it. Yeah. Like, so you watch, I actually, I was working on the computer up there just doing minor scripts, so I was kind of having on YouTube while I was working away. Yeah. And I watched the first episode. It goes for about, they have, you know, it's about 10 lengths. It takes about an hour and a half. But, you know, like, you kind of thought he would have done some prep. Like, he'd really yeah. done, like, nothing. Wow. You know? Yeah. But it was long days. Like, he was taking eight hours to 10 hours to do a, to a marathon. Yeah. So he was obviously walking, walking. and stopping a lot. And, yeah. Um, no, he wouldn't walk. He'd run. So right. he'd stop a lot, but he would all, if he was moving, he was running. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really interesting actually. It was it was kind of like it was nice. I suppose if anything, if we go back to the um, what we were talking about before, was it showed a bit the character as well. Mm. And and this was only the first one, so he's only kind of like a third of the way through it. Right. So I imagine the last couple were going to get more with the <laughs> character, but it all, it did show the fun side. And yeah. if if anything, of bicycle dreams, you know, it, if anything, it's a, well, it was probably a similar extreme event. Um, it showed him appreciating, you know, going back to his hometown yeah, yeah. and really appreciating and getting quite emotional about that. And cool. so, yeah, no, it's definitely worth a watch. Put a link to it on iamtalk.me. Uh, Next one in from uh, Ingmar Eriksson, who's down in Wanaka, skydive instructor, I think. Oh, um, I talked to him. I talked to him in Wanaka. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got two questions. Two questions. Um, first one: I was listening to the interview with Cam Brown, and he talked about watts. Seems like watts are important to pros, but not so many amateurs use it. Um, is there a watt instrument? for biking that can be bought without paying thousands of dollars or is there a reason it's not so popular with the, the non-pros simple answer is they're pretty expensive they are expensive yeah. and that's why quite a few amateurs have them um, but they're expensive and they're a very useful tool there's going to be this, the price is going to come down it's going to slowly start coming down to, yeah. and there's always talk about the, the next big thing and people putting it in um, the spindles of, of pedals and what have you so the, there are some new products coming out there but at the moment you know you, if you want to get it I think one thing if you're going to invest in a power meter is, is you've got to really know yourself as an athlete and I've talked about this before but it's so important I wouldn't use it mm. I'd buy this and, and, and I just wasn't that kind of athlete I wasn't yeah. a numbers guy I was just kind of out there with the feel and you know what I'm sure I probably could have got some gain from it definitely you know what I mean there is, there's value in that stuff but I was just always hopeless with stuff like that mm. you know I bought a heart rate monitor and I'd never use it and I'd yeah. forget it and I wouldn't upload it so for me it wouldn't have been a good investment Whereas someone like maybe you, I had a mate called Nigel who was a good cyclist and he lived on it, man. He'd mm. go home and he'd be on and looking at the graphs and stuff. So, you know, it is a big investment and if you're not going to use it, you know, if you know that as an athlete you're not that kind of person, well, you probably best just to buy some race wheels or something yeah, like that, you know. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of one of those, you know, know yourself as an athlete. Question two, it seems like the pros don't use heart rate monitors on competition, can't see the chest band on any photos. Is there a reason for this? I thought heart rate was an essential during a race for anyone. I think what you'll find here is uh, for pacing, a lot of the pros these days will be using power on the bike. Um, and then on the run, they will probably be working a bit more off pace rather than heart rate. They'll know what they need to do or what they know they can sustain ballpark, and they'll be working off that. I would say quite a few of them actually do wear heart rate monitors, um, but probably maybe use that more as an analytical tool rather than actually a pacing tool. And that's what I recommend to most people who've got a bit of experience, who know ballpark, what they are capable of doing in a marathon is, uh, in an Ironman, is, is running a bit more to pace because by the time you get there, um, your heart rate can be a little bit screwed up sometimes and also 
conditions, hydration state can and affect it, your heart rate. So the, it's a tool, but you use, need to use your other tools. And also the racing, like if you're in a race, you don't, you know, like depending on where you are in a race, obviously on the bike, you're going to use your power to restrict yourself. Mm-hmm. But in a marathon, if you get into that last part, you're not using your heart rate to control your race. You're trying yeah. to race. So yeah. you, you're going to make different decisions. It is interesting when we've talked to pros over the time, all of them pretty much say they use the heart rate monitor in training, mm. but never in a race because mm. they just know the feeling, you know. Yeah. And that's how whole John often talks about um, the concept of athletic age. You know, someone who's, who's 15 years as an athlete knows pacing of their body, and so they're, yeah. they're much more control of that. Whereas the newer athlete needs to learn that. So exactly. So when Cameron runs out and he's running, you know, um, four minute K pace, he'll just be looking. He'll be clicking his watch every K, going four minute K pace. That's about where I need to be, or, or maybe a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't need a heart rate monitor to tell him. He knows he can do. That. He's done it before. And he knows that if he can't do that, he's going to have a shitty race. So he's got a he's got yeah. no choice really. Yeah. Nice week. Uh, Lee Cartmel sent through this one. Bit of a lonely show for me this week. That was when I think I did the intro because you were on holiday. Yeah, it's okay. I can do these things. <laughs> um, can you give me any tips? He's basically going to be doing it at seventy point three in approximately twelve weeks. This is a couple of weeks ago. Can you give me any tips for training for it? I've only done one. I've only ever done half Ironman races as a part of a build up to Ironman. So I've not done any specific work for it. So he's wondering what's the difference between focusing on 70.3 instead of Ironman. Um, key thing is, is to do a little bit of speed work in there. I'd suggest you try to find a warm-up race, either a sprint or Olympic to do, maybe about three or four weeks out so you can really have a good hard hit out then. Um, we talked about writing a race plan and, and sticking to it. Uh, and also I would say you need to be doing some fairly regular simulation sessions, probably about every second week once you get into the the final sort of eight weeks um so you're actually going out there and doing some hard individual time trials swim bike run sessions um say on either one of your weekend sessions and i'll say a key session for you to do about um three weeks out three weeks out i read yours made it like you understood it's good do sort of like a three-quarter distance simulation so 1.5k swim 60k bike and a 14k run and basically doing half of that at your target race pace, or maybe a little bit more than half, maybe 60% at race pace, and about 40% more at your Ironman pace, so you get a good feel for pacing. But the main thing is, is you need to do a bit of intensity work there, and you don't need quite as much volume, and do plenty of simulation, and have a plan and stick to it. Try a warm-up sprint? Try and try a, uh, a yeah, get a warm-up event done. So you've got, you've got this here, hockey bag in US for shipping bikes. This is interesting, I was at, when I was uh, away a couple of weeks ago, um, Apparently, in the States, it's really expensive to take your bike anywhere when you're flying. Like, yeah. Actually, really someone, expensive. someone sent through an email. Actually, yeah, you keep talking. Anyway, somebody mentioned to me the other day that a prominent New Zealand triathlete um, travels in the States, and what he's done, he went and bought a hockey bag, like a hockey goalkeeper's bag, which is apparently pretty big, yeah. and he can get his bike in there, and apparently they'll take your hockey bag on the plane for no extra charge. If you take your bike, I think it's like, 150 bucks, 150 bucks US or something like that. But apparently, if it's a hockey bag, and if you can get your bike in there, you can get it shipped. You can get it on the plane for free. Oh, really? So it's just a little tip. You might want to try. Would it be that secure in a hockey bag? Well, if you've got a bike bag, as long as it, look, what, you get some good tubing stuff to put um, foam tubing to go around all your, your frame. If you take off your you know your rear derailleur, it should be okay. If you pad it up well, it should be okay. You, obviously, you're running a, a harder wrist by not having a, a hard cased um, yeah bag. But it could be could be a, uh, could be an option. Okay, nice. Uh, 
No one is great. Um, okay. Joke of the week. You, you want to read it this week? I did last week. Okay. Can make, we it, make it a bit bigger. I'm gonna make it a bit bigger. So Mel James actually sent through two two jokes, and Mel obviously hasn't been listening to the show very recently because the second joke he sent through is one that we had um, a couple of weeks ago. So pick up your game, Mel. Yeah, pick up your oh, game. I know what we forgot to do today. What we forget to do, John? Nicknames. I had a whole bunch of them. Oh. Sorry, everybody, if it's donated. It's not my show, fault. It's not. It is my fault. And people have been donated. We love day. that you do it. So we'll, we'll definitely get them for you next week. Next week, right. A man was out jogging in the forest. Oh, oh, sorry. sorry. No, he's getting the stare. A man was out jogging in the forest one day when a frog called out to him and said, if you kiss me, I'll turn you into a beautiful princess. He bent over, picked up the frog and put it in his pocket. The frog spoke up again and said, if you kiss me and turn me back into a beautiful princess, I will tell everyone how smart and brave you are and how you are my hero. My hero. The man took the frog out of his pocket, smiled and returned it to his pocket. The frog spoke up again and said, If you kiss me and turn me back into a beautiful princess, I'll stay with you for a year and do anything you want. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good proposal. Yeah, that's a good proposal. Again, the man took the frog out of the pocket, smiled at it, and put it back in his pocket. Finally, the frog asked, What's the matter? I've told you I'm a beautiful princess, that I'll stay with you for a year and do anything you want. Why won't you kiss me? The man replied, Look, I'm a triathlete. I don't have time for girlfriend, but, to- but a talking frog is cool. No, I said it's pretty good. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, best joke ever, John. Best joke That's ever. the best. Mal James, that is the best. That's so you need, to, if you want to send in a joke, it does have to have a t- triathlon slant on it. But I've heard that one before. Have you? With a slightly different, uh, yeah. not a triathlete or something. We, we haven't had the gold joke yet. <laughs> We've not had the gold joke yet. Okay. Uh, sponsors. And while we're here, John, I'm going to pull up good old Athlinks because they sent us an email and John said, mention this on the show. Okay, so I was actually on Athlinks uh, yesterday or the day before and I started putting in a couple of the upcoming races that I'm do- doing there. Nice. So anybody in Christchurch is doing some, some of the running races, I'll be slowly adding in the running races. The SBS um, marathon is up there. Um, Are you adding it in? Yeah. Are you a good man? And also... There is, I uh, put in the 15k, the Titap, uh, New Balance 15k at Titap. Oh, this is cool. Happy Relays. This? this is what you're talking about. This is what we're going we're to talk about. Oh, okay. So first, and when I was doing that, you go through the, the steps, and it's very straightforward and pretty quick, is when you get to the final step, you can now, if you want to raise money, you can click a little button, and there's a, a company called Race Razor, and if you're doing a race, and you want to raise money for a particular charity, oh, you can do it through Athlinks. Oh, great. So, so you can pick your charity... You can. There's a box there. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's only for U.S. citizens or okay. people in the U.S. But if, you, if you're doing that and if you do want to raise some money for, for a particular cause, just check it out. And uh, if you've got any questions, just obviously contact them. But there's Race Razor, which is obviously a company that's been doing it for, for quite a while. Um, so it's all cool. That's really cool. Now, one thing they've got on here as well, I've just got to add things right now and I just brought this up. And good old Ryan Hill and... Ryan Hall and Dina Caster. Uh contests on the homepage. So basically, Essex are giving some lucky Athlinks member the ability to win signed? Signed. Ryan Hall and... I don't actually know these guys. Ryan Hall is a a fantastic... They're both American um, marathon runners. Yep. So Ryan Hall is doing the Boston Marathon and Dina um, is doing the... London. London. What is it? Dina's... Oh, must be her first marathon. Dina Castro is... uh, I'm pretty sure she was more of a 10k runner. Um, and she's doing a Virgin London Marathon. Uh, so you basically go to athlinks.com, enter your name, enter your email, and you can guess, try to get predict what Ryan Hall is going to run for the marathon. Oh, you know, I'm not happy about this, John. You know why? Why? Because you instantly add Essex as a friend, and I'll beat on them talk. Oh, 
no. But that's okay. We'll that's okay. So anyway, he, Ryan Hall is a fantastic marathon. He's usually sort of in the okay, top, top five. Let's do some research here, John. Yeah. So if we're going to guess Ryan Hall's time, Ryan Hall... Um, you can spell Ryan. Yes, yeah. Ryan. Oh, God. Anyway, Dina Castor, as I said, I'm pretty sure she was a, a really good 10,000-meter runner. So London Marathon is coming up. They're both coming up. Boston, I think, is a week. It's next Monday. Yeah, he's done a 206, John. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's, he's, he's competitive. He's right up there. Um, so, guess his time. And Dina, uh, London Marathon, I think, is, a, is the following week. I wonder doing Boston this year. He does it every year. So, anyway. Every year. Boston, you've got to remember, is, is um, a little bit of a harder course. And the weather's also pretty bad. Yeah, apparently the weather over there at the moment is fantastic. Oh. Um, so yeah, go on there and you can win some um, some ASICS gear. Athlinks delivering. Okay, so what do you reckon he's going to do, John? Let's make our predictions now. Um, I'll just... Uh, I'm just going to have to take a second. I'm not going to do my piece here. Why don't you just go, to, just go to Boston Marathon and see what the winning time normally is. Um, Boston... Marathon. Okay, well, let's have a look at the records. Keep talking, John, because this isn't the best podcast. Okay, thing. so but the cool thing about the Boston Marathon is it's a point-to-point race. You actually go out there, and you see the sponsor. The sponsor is John Hancock, oh, the, the, the mountain snail. That is so amazing. He's loaded. He's, <laughs> he's, yeah, he is. He sponsors the Boston Marathon. <laughs> Good home base, John. You're going to love this. Cool thing about the Boston Marathon is it's a point-to-point. You basically get bussed out to the start line, and then you've got to run 42Ks back into Boston. The reason it's on a Monday, I was talking to a guy that I coach who's doing it, is... I think it's Patriots Day or something over there, something to do with the American independence. Oh. And it's a public holiday in Boston. That's why they have it on a Monday, because the whole city's sort of on a public holiday and it's all really quiet, and that's how they can manage to get the, um, the close down of the whole sort of city. I can't find it. They've got the 5K results up here, but they have the marathon results. Okay, make a prediction anyway, John. You've got to do it. We'll take it too long. Okay, um, I'm going to go with uh, 20, 207.45. Well, I found the results now. Uh, <laughs> um, gonna, oh, yeah. so, I'm not going that last year we did 209.40 okay I'm going to go for 20 I'm not going to go 210.01 okay I'm going to go 209 no I'm going to go 208.30 because last year was a cold year was it? yeah okay. Yeah, last year was pretty tough mm-hmm. so it's anyway, my prediction we'll get on there Okay, just quickly with athletes as well. They're also on Facebook now. You can post your results on Facebook status from your results page, which is good. So nice. if you put it on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, you can go to Athletics, put your results on there, instantly goes to your Facebook page, which is great. Um, and also get on the homepage of athletics.com and when you do that you can obviously predict the, the time of the marathon. You can also go on there and get your free samples of amino vital. It's a no brand job, it's no free samples. Not sure if I, th- I think it's still just for the uh, athletes in the States. But anyway, you can get on there and you can get your free samples of amino vitamins. Did you see Hunter Keeper on the weekend off the bike? He was in the lead with the run for a bit there. Didn't look very promising for him. I could see him when he started the run. He wasn't looking great. He's on a bit of a comeback trail. But um, good on him for giving a go. I'm not actually sure. I think he, I think he might have finished 10th, though. Yeah, I think he still made top 10. Which is good. Was he, would he be surprised with that? Uh, no, he's won plenty of races before. He's a good athlete. Yeah, guy, no, the guy he's, that, he's been out for a while. Yeah, I think the guy that to watch though is that uh, Charbot guy who finished, I think, maybe sixth. And if he hadn't wasted so much energy on the bike, uh, he would have done really well. Was that the guy who was... He was leading. Yeah, the, he was quite fast for a while and yeah. he just faded real quick. Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, coffees of Hawaii. So Albert normally does do... Um, Boston Marathon so good luck this weekend Albert because nice. it'd be kind of cool to see if you could go but you should do some coffees of Hawaii ra- racing that's Albert and people can win and do marathons oh that's a good idea well, we could do some maybe even yeah yeah we could go to coffees of Hawaii <laughs> yeah yeah get the taco top like they don't want 
We could. Okay, Coffee's of Wire, John. What do you want to talk about? Um, Podcast. Somebody sent me something Wire. through. Yeah, I've forgotten. Okay, that's really good. It's great. I think one thing you would do is when you buy Coffees of Hawaii, I know I've talked about this before, but it's still bloody brilliant. Porto bought the best hat. Now, where is it? Where's, where's buy online? Let's have a look. Apparel. Well, Porto bought the this head sweat hat. Yes. And it's really cool because it's a really cool colour. That one there. Yeah. When you buy your coffee, when you order your coffee, go on and grab that because head sweats tends to be white or black. Yeah. You know what I mean? There aren't many fashionable colours happening out there. And, you know, we are a fashion conscious podcast, John. We are very fashion conscious. <laughs> Especially if you get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Porno's got it. And I and I saw it and I thought, wow, that's a cool cap. And then I turned around and I was like, back it up, it's Coffees of Hawaii. Right. So get on there. Um, we also had the Epic Camp support crew were, were wearing them. And I've got to admit, oh, they've got some, some cool new t shirts yeah, on there too. Yeah, they have fashion. So they've got the Espresso t shirt, the Estate t shirt, the Island Princess. They're kind of retro, aren't they? They are a bit. Yeah. Nice. And we'll look polo sleeveless for the ladies. Nice. The ladies, and you get yourself an apron, Bevan, for all the cooking you do. do. Do you ever use an apron when you cook? Very rarely. Only if I'm if I'm baking, I might consider it when there could be flour going all over the place. That's probably really a bad thing. Because like, you get the fat spitting at you and stuff. Yeah. When you're frying up. Yeah. Don't do like frying. Do you? My mouse. Really? Not like frying. When you cook your meat. Sorry. How do you cook your meat? Slow cooker or roast or uh, what? Do, what do you fry? You, you know, you fry up your your chicken when you're doing stir fry. Put a bit of oil in, no, a little. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I don't non-stick. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. We'll put, we'll put Bevan's, we'll put Bevan's uh, <laughs> cooking tips in the, in the cookbook. Oh, there you go. Oh, you get black. Oh, I see. Nice. So get a head sweats. Head Only sweats. 14 bucks. Jeez, that's mm-hmm. cheap, isn't it? It is. Especially with the way the exchange rate is these days. Oh, is it good again for us, is it? That's good. It's good for us. Um, yeah, so that's probably only... I don't know. Less than 20 bucks. Less than 20 bucks New Zealand for a pretty cool uh, visor and supporting the guys that support I Am Talk. Yeah, so when you order your coffee, make sure you need to get the apparel, but honestly, you want to get the head sweats. If we're going to pick a coffee, John, let's pick a coffee and stuff up the name. Get, no, get one we can pronounce. Okay, we'll go Coffee Blends and um, we'll go Hawaii Island Style Blend. Nice, we can pronounce 10% it. of each band consists of premium coffee from the Hawaii Islands. Our roast master selects fine green beans and various from various islands then medium roast them to release flavours that are both unique to the island style and essentially Hawaiian. If you get the Hawaiian island style coffee, so they've got um, different sort of packaging to the other packaging they do. Pretty cool, pretty cool pictures on there. Yep. Retro woman. Remember, if you want to order anything from Coffees of Hawaii, go on to imtalk.me, click through from our link there. It'll take you to the imtalk page and you get special discounts. It's rock and roll time, John. Uh, email us at imtalkpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions. Uh, Amazon for our affiliates page, for our store. You want to donate to the show, help support us. Um, for and, and next week we'll promise we'll have your nicknames for yeah, you. Yeah, we've got quite a few to go through actually. Recurring payment is fantastic, um, $4 US a month. Yep. So it's just a way of supporting on. us and, and we're putting that money back into the show. Obviously new website's coming up, we've spent a lot of money on stuff like that. So, yep. so you guys are actually helping us make this bigger and better and so uh, we just appreciate uh, that you guys would do this because it's bloody brilliant in our eyes. Big morning for us here, Bevan. It's it is a big morning. We started at 7, it's 9.30. Yeah. But, well, no, it was more 20 past. 20 past. Yeah, so it's kind of... I was on time. <laughs> You're never on time. The thing, you know what I find funny about the most? John, John, you crack me up. Because he's always late. He's always, he's always... No, I'm only late for this. This is about the only thing I'm late That's for. the thing. He's always like five <laughs> minutes late. And then John once said to me, I hate people are late. They're so rude. And every week, because I know you always got to be five minutes late, but I always kind of crack up to myself because 
It's, it's just well, philosophy in life. No, I, I do it. I, I'm, I'm doing it. So you're thinking, he's going to be around here at 7.15. It gives me... And then I'm thinking, I'll give them five minutes. Oh, what? Give them five minutes to get all the web pages. <laughs> you're so generous, Sean. That's what uh, I love about you. I know. No, by that stage, because I already got half an hour. I block out half an hour before the show. Right. So I do show notes first, and then I just start working on the show because I know you're going to be late. And that's the other Cause, reason. Because you're rude, John. You're rude. That's the other reason. I know you're just sitting here working anyway, so it's not that big a deal. <laughs> 7 o'clock is a difficult time in the morning in our house. So. Oh, it's, he just looks and goes, oh, it's only Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to? Uh, what you got? Ketchup. Uh, ketchup weeks are not good. You know, when you go away for two weeks and you got Yeah, ketchup. it's like you need another holiday at the end of it, yeah, isn't it? It's uh, it's difficult. So plenty of five o'clock starts for me at the moment. Um, trying to catch up on all that stuff. Oh, five o'clock? Yeah, well, we see, because I get up at five and then Thomas will get up, uh, well, we start to try to get up um, maybe at 5.40 or something like that or 5.30 and I've got to I keep him in Thomas bed Thomas still stays up to yeah. that time daylight savings doesn't help oh of course so I keep him in bed till Momo wakes up which is 10 past 6 what's that? Momo it's his little alarm clock oh okay he's not allowed to get up until Momo wakes up okay um, and then I'm on duty from sort of 10 past 6 till about sort of 7.30ish uh. um, so that time's sort of lost time so that's why I get up and get a bit of getting uh, an productive what time do you go to bed John? 9.30 by what time do you fall asleep? Do you read every night? I get to sleep pretty quick. Really? Much that frustrates Joe about me. It's really yeah. interesting because Joe and I don't live together yet and we're hoping to live together probably this time next year. I'm going to sell that. We've talked about this. Take it to the next level, John. Yeah. We did talk about kids with friends in the weekend and she said I'm not adverse to the idea so yeah. life could be changing, John. But anyway, when I stay at my house, I'll go to bed. I tend to go to bed about 11, maybe right. 11. I'll go to bed about 11, 10.30, 11, write my diary, read, fall asleep about 11, 11.30. What's that, Joe's? And then I put my book down, it only takes me 10 minutes to fall asleep. What's that, Joe's? Go to bed at 9.30, I fall asleep straight away. Yeah. Well, it depends on the night. <laughs> you a little sleeping pill there to help you get to sleep. But it's like, it's fascinating that the environment, I, like, I go from, I've been a totally different person. It's a spooning effect there, man. It's a spooning, spooning effect. Last night, we were in bed by quarter past eight, is that wrong? Oh. You tell me. <laughs> We're time we, to go to sleep. No, we actually listened to a book. We listened to a book called... 16 past 8. <laughs> we had good times before. Uh, so, yeah. So, what else happened? What are you up to for this weekend? Just a stand a week. Family. Work. A little bit of running. I had, oh, how's the running going? Good. Yeah, last week did 30 minutes at marathon pace. Got pretty comfy. I should be, shouldn't it? 30 minutes. Well, I've still got quite a long way to go. Oh, yeah. So, got my formula sorted. 3K run, 40 second walk. Is that what you're going to do, is it? Yeah. Doing on the day. 3k run. 40 second walk. Have to average 3 minute 42k pace from running. So that's my running speed is 3 oh, minute 42k. Yeah. And then my works out my total time is uh, averaging about 347, 348, which is what I want to be doing. That's what I'm going to do for the first half. Wait a second. And so what time are you aiming for? Sub 240. 238, 239. Okay. Two, two, I think two, uh, average of 347k pace, I think, gives me about 238. Well, it was interesting though. I was doing a 40 second walk, so I've basically got a 1k stretch that I now, do. Now, when you're walking, seat. you're walking with purpose too, aren't you? You're not walking just... pretty briskly. Yeah. So, to give you an idea, when I do my 1k, because I, I, when I was doing the reps the other day, I was doing you know, a 1k circuit so I could easily measure it. So, first k, I'd walk 40 seconds and then run to my k marker and take my time. I was getting to my k marker in three, 3 minutes 58, including a 40 second walk. Oh, really? So I was quite impressed with that. Wow. I was walking a bit quicker than I thought I did. I don't have to run quite as fast. And so, wait a second. But you've counted that time, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done the, you've done, you've done yeah. the figures. Yep. So that's what's going to work for me. That's what I'm finding gives me enough walking to get my heart I rate. I thought you were aiming for two thirty-five. No. 
okay. I did think you have been quite ambitious when you said that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to, but I think give it time. We'll, we'll see how things are going closer to the day. If you're under 235, you've got to run for a year, eh? You know, if you want to go to the next level, like you and I could probably, good four-month block, we could probably yeah. get close to under 240, but, you know, to go to that next level, five minutes, big difference yeah. when you're getting that speed. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, 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 there's been changes to the law, John. Not yes, just yeah. the Bevan James Isles law. No, not just the changes law. to the studio. That in New Zealand, you can't drive with your cell phone now. Thank God they did that. They, a you got angry out. about that, didn't you, John? Yes. I'm, but yes. did you ever do it? Very no. rarely. No. I would pull <laughs> you over. Say very rarely. I would pull over. Did and you, all phones are you being honest or not? You never did it. I'd done it, but I, was, I felt bad about it. But you were all right when you and were then doing I, it. No, then I would pull over. If I answered it, I would pull over. Okay, well, nice. I would not sit there having a conversation. So yesterday, I've got a car for a week because right. my parents have gone and they've taken my daughter yes. and, yeah, 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 to yeah. Bali, which is brilliant. And I love it. It's great. But So I've got a car, and I don't normally have a car, and I have to admit, life of a car is pretty easy, John, because you put your foot down and it moves. I couldn't That's believe right. it. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the car, and I'm, I'm driving behind a cop. And you know when you're driving behind a cop, you always drive pretty well, don't you? Yeah. You know, you, 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 you only a full brace, two-second rule. <laughs> only a full brace. So we, we stop at the lights. Yeah. I'm behind the cop at the lights. The light goes green, the cop doesn't move. Yeah. And he doesn't Jeez, move. He, he doesn't move for long. He's texting on his phone. So the thing is, do you toot or not, John? I would not. I would be, I'd be tooting in my mind pretty heavily, but I probably would not toot. Yeah, I didn't toot either. I was, yeah, no. I thought it was not worth the risk, but... That's I, pretty bad. Yeah, I did feel an injustice to the peasants of the world. Yeah. So, no. there we go. This no. weekend, what is going to happen this weekend, John? Um, I'm, going, I'm on my way for two weeks. Yeah, he's just sprung that on me. So I'm at Auckland next week, and now I'm going to Sydney the week after that. So, right. that would have been fun. So, we're interesting to see what we get out next couple of weeks. Yeah, it should be brilliant. Mm. And uh, this weekend, um, when do you go? I uh, said that night. Okay. night. We might do an interview later this week. Oh really? Yeah. What, what if I'm busy this week? Because uh, I'm going away. We've got to get something sorted. <laughs> no, no, because we can Skype. You don't like the Skype ones, but they love Skype them. Ones. They always go, "Oh, the best shows ever are the Skype yeah. ones." <laughs> That's about it. Okay, then. nothing else. You never goss. No, no. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a few more races coming out, so we've got a bit more news to talk about. Yeah, same actually. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.